0: I am the devil, and I am here to do the devil's work. God is dead! He's
1: Satan! I know what it feels like to be God. 85% of the teenagers in high school have been exposed to hardcore Satanism. Jesus wants me to live an abundant human life. The blackest power is full. i a king, man. All the the, the, the devils is directly out
0: of the bottomless bed. The demons of death and hell out of the bottomless bed. The is a The devil is a bitch. Gates pretty cool. Hello and welcome to Another episode of Fake Ritual, a fool's guide to pop culture and the occult, uncovering an esoteric world of myth, magic, and mystery hidden deep within your favorite media. I am your host, Lucas Sloppy, and let's just get right to our guest today because we have co-host of the 80s horror movie podcast, Neon Brainiacs, fellow Pittsburgh podcaster, Greg Harrington. What's up, Greg?
1: Thank you for having me. It's a privilege to be here. Oh,
0: you flatter me, but that (laughs) is a good thing to do. Uh, So before we get to our uh,
1: nautical topic, tell us about Neon Brainiacs. Tell the listeners, tell the fakers at home what it's all about. So if you're not aware already, uh, Neon Brainiacs is a weekly uh, exploration of 80s horror movies, sometimes 70s, sometimes 90s. Uh, where it's myself, uh, Ben Deedles, and Lance Parkin, both uh, local filmmakers. Uh, I also play music with Ben. Uh, we've been doing it for five and a half years at this point. Uh, recently started doing the Patreon thing. Nice. And, yeah, it's it's been a fucking trip. <laughs> yeah.
0: Uh, well, yeah, I mean... I've been waiting for it. You've been waiting for it. Let's just get to the topic at hand. So I've been looking forward to this introduction uh, because the show kind of already did it for me. So let's just begin by asking ourselves, who lives in a pineapple under the sea? Absorbent and yellow and porous is he? Mm. If nautical nonsense be something you wish. And it is. Then drop on the deck and flop like a fish. We are talking everyone's favorite kitchen cleaning utensil (laughs) turned underwater, uh... I mean, we'll find out. Uh, SpongeBob SquarePants. Yes. Uh, And for anyone who doesn't know what SpongeBob SquarePants is, one, where have you been? Uh, Or I'm glad you were born in the 2000s. But, uh... SpongeBob SquarePants is an American animated comedy television series created by animator and marine science educator Stephen Hillenburg for R. Nickelodeon, RIP, yes. Uh it chronicles the adventures of SpongeBob SquarePants and his aquatic friends in the fictional underwater city of Bikini Bottom and just fun fact, fifth longest running American animated series.
1: Wow. Yeah. Yeah, I guess 99, so at this point, yeah, that's what 24 years this year. guy Damn it.
0: Oh, my God.
1: Let's pause Uh, the podcast and just fucking mourn. I got to check my bone density. (laughs) For real.
0: But yeah, I mean, you're already dropping, you know, dates and uh, the like. So, Greg, tell uh, me and the listeners, you know, kind of how you were introduced to SpongeBob and just, uh, you know, why we're talking about it.
1: So I'm old as shit. Uh, So I remember in 1999, the lead up to the premiere okay square pants i was 12 years old at that point uh always was a big watcher of like nickelodeon cartoons uh you know it, literally all of the above like up to that point so yes. like rugrats doug ren and stimpy uh Rocco's modern life you know just the whole gamut was just like yes i'm in on this and yeah watching this I like, you know, being in like middle school, like, you know, kind of starting middle school at the point that this came out, um, you know, you kind of start seeing like the jokes that are for the parents. Yes. And you're like, oh, oh, wow. Okay. So like you're almost as a preteen, that's like kind of like you're not supposed to watch cartoons anymore, but Mm -hmm. there's almost you're getting each side of like who it's for. Yes. Like you can still enjoy like, you know, the the harmless capers that like kids enjoy. Mm-hmm. But then on the other hand, where, you know, if a parent's in the room, they kinda perk up when they hear something kind of dirty. Yes. <laughs> you yeah. know, you're like, I understand both of these and I love them. Uh so I was absolutely all in and, you know, uh quoting probably the first five or six seasons is yeah. like a family thing between my sister totally. and I, among you know, many other pieces of culture.
0: (laughs) Yeah. It is so quotable watching some episodes for this episode. Mm -hmm. I just like was slapping my knee and just like, I've been saying many of the lines to myself. Uh, Yeah. What are some, just even on that topic, what are some like of your favorite quotes?
1: Oh boy. Um, (laughs) God, that's one of those things where there's so many you're like, I don't even know where to start. I
0: at least think of like the gags, sort of the running gags, because the first one that comes to my mind is the My Leg guy. Uh, Oh, Fred. Oh, yeah. "Yeah, My leg. (laughs) And I saw a uh, compilation of like how many times they referenced that. The funniest one being at one point he's sitting watching television and for whatever reason, it's a story about his leg. (laughs) So instead of it being the My Leg, it's him saying... My leg. <laughs>
1: <laughs> see, that's that's like just genius writing.
0: Yes. And they were always good at kind of like riding that line, like you're saying, between kids and adults, but also real and fake, real and surreal. Yeah. Because the marine biology aspect is like kind of really on point. Like sure. some of the creatures you see and they're,
1: you know, and how that's they're drawn. And- yeah, that's where Hillenberg's marine biology background yeah. comes in handy where you're like oh shit this is actually like super accurate yeah and then some of it is it's almost
0: that f- maybe was my first introduction to i what for lack of a better term i would call random humor like oh, some yeah. of the jokes are just like I'm like what isn't this ridiculous <laughs> uh but yeah i mean besides gags too any like just what some are what are some of your favorites like i'm trying to just yeah like really gas up the show before we start picking it apart
1: uh, something I find myself saying, usually to deaf ears, unless like, you know, I'm with somebody that knows is, you know, if you're like somewhere where it's like, oh, maybe you're at a hockey game, you're going to like get something to drink or something like that. And you just kind of turn to somebody that knows and goes, is this where the line starts? Because <laughs> <laughs> if you know, then you know. Yeah,
0: see, I, I think I've missed it, which I've missed that one.
1: That is the one where uh, Spongebob becomes like an agoraphobe because he's so worried about getting hurt. Okay. And he comes across Scooter with the the spanking machine, and then Squidward just walks up and goes, is this where the line starts? (laughs) (laughs) To the spanking. Where you're like, oh, shit, you're in some stuff. I like it. (laughs) For sure.
0: (laughs) Yeah, I just, like, watching it these past couple days, I think I'm going to have to keep watching it because, like, I had spent probably a few years not really, like... Diving in. But I'm also just... I watched... You said you watched the first five seasons? I was probably like... Those are probably the ones that I have committed to memory the most. Yeah. Uh, Yeah, I mean, any... Of the main cast, who would you say... Let's just, like, run through some of our favorite... You know, I mean... I'll go first. I mean, I... This time around, watching it, have definitely... Have a full on appreciation for plankton. I was thinking the same thing, actually. Yeah. Yeah. The between the voice and just like the notion of actually very ambitious to talk about the marine biology, the having a plankton as a character, like what?
1: And an actual threat to other characters. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Has the small, like, yeah,
0: small guy syndrome, I guess you would call it. Napoleon complex. I think the. I forget. He just goes by Mr. Lawrence in a lot of yeah. the stuff. But the voice actor just having like the biggest voice. Yep.
1: For the smallest character. Yeah,
0: man. They really... <laughs> watching... If Fakers at Home, if you haven't, this is definitely a great show to watch the voice actors performing. Because it's really uncanny. Because yeah. it does not look right at all. And you're very <laughs> surprised. My favorite being... I forget the dude's name. The dude that does Patrick,
1: the uh, guy from Coach, Roger uh, Federback. Yes, yeah,
0: he does have very non Hollywood name, uh, <laughs> a voice actor's name. But he's the most chill, laid back, soft spoken, like yep. just like quiet guy. And then you see him rip into this, just like idiotic screaming, <laughs> like dolt yeah. of a
1: character. I feel like you could say the same thing about. Um, Clancy Brown. Yes, who too. does Mr. Crash. Yeah, and he's like, he's a fucking genius, just actor. Oh, but yeah. But then he does all these iconic voices on this show that's been around for like two and a half decades where you're like, ah.
0: Totally. And can you guess, as a horror movie, uh, I mean, horror movie host and uh, big fan, uh, my first introduction to Clancy Brown Pet Cemetery 2. Pet Cemetery 2. Hell I knew yeah. It. <laughs> That him in Pet Cemetery, too. Oh,
1: the, the dinner table. Scene? Yes, oh wow. But that
0: in that, he's so good, and it kind of is that that movie, not the best movie, yeah. but he shines so much in it because you really get to see the breadth of his acting ability. Because yep. him as mean, shitty stepdad, so believable. So, watching it as a kid, very, like, scary, scary. Yeah. the idea of, like, this guy's mean, he's having sex he with sucks, your mom, yeah. and he sucks, and <laughs> take, you know, add into it the whole cop angle, but then after he gets buried at the Pet cemetery, spoiler alert, uh, he's just, like, he's murderous, but he's cool, like, he's and funny, wacky. and he's wacky, yeah. yeah, yeah, I just, like, it's, it is wild to see him transform in Spongebob, mm-hmm. because, like, This was, I feel like nowadays, a lot of voice acting too often is given to actors. Yeah. So it's like, oh, that's, you know, I mean, we all know with like the new Mario coming out, like Chris Pratt and all these where it's like, this was a show that definitely was just about getting voice actors. Yeah. The voices was paramount and above all else with like recognition of who's doing
1: the voice. I feel like commercials are that way too. And that... That's something that like really irritates me. Where it's like commercial voices, yeah. Where Mm -hmm. it's just like a dude with a really booming, Mm -hmm. commanding voice. Instead, it's just like Ryan Reynolds and Ed O'Neill. Where it's like, yeah, those guys are great. Oh
0: god, you're right. That and like, yeah, commercial voices. I mean, it just makes me think of movie preview voice as well. Oh
1: yeah, I don't even know. They don't even do that anymore no not really <laughs> there's no voiceover yeah. for, it's just I, like uh you know EDM like epic version of like a Nirvana song yeah oh god <laughs> and no god. narrator <laughs> oh man
0: alright continuing on with our I should have looked up way more like punny ways to describe who Spongebob is with our cubic uh <laughs> jaundiced <laughs> uh happy-go-lucky fry cook uh let's dive a little bit more into that fandom because we're also fans yeah. we're obviously fans but it was one of those shows that kind of got so popular that it was annoying
1: yeah i, I feel see that. like
0: whereas like when the merchandise started hitting uh and just everybody was kind of kind of like with all those big things your big funny things it's like comes to mind, Napoleon Dynamite, and for some reason, Seinfeld. But just, like, it gets popular. Everybody elevates the parts of it that aren't really as funny as, you know, like a soup Nazi in Seinfeld yeah. or the, yeah, like, give me your tots. Napoleon, like, these moments where you kind of have to, as, you know, a fan in the beginning, kind of have to sit back and be like, like I'll all right. let them have their fun. Yeah. And then once they're done with it, I'll be back to seize it. <laughs> and that kind of happened with SpongeBob and me. Yeah. Once it got... After the movie, I started yeah, kind of like mm. all right. And looking back, I mean, we'll get into some of it, but like, I was missing out because it got insane. It got like borderline not okay for kids to watch at
1: all. Like, and they really like, from what I understand from especially the newer stuff, like post first movie, is every like a lot of things just really like turned on their heads. Like, they started making SpongeBob dumber.
0: Yeah, I think. Well, we will be getting to some fan theories yes. here. Uh, and I think one of those might be included there, but yeah, just as far as the fandom, I mean, we're going to be talking fan theories, but do yourself a favor. Uh, I tried to shoehorn it into this episode, but creepypasta as it, as it's known internet, scary stories kind of are hard to sometimes translate to radio cause yeah. they're so dumb, but they're also <laughs> beautiful and ridiculous. But I mean, SpongeBob, I feel like there's a lot of creepypasta, a lot of, uh, lost episodes yeah if you will so the fandom kind of took that and ran and as well as memes i mean anybody that doesn't hasn't watched the show but is listening right now at least has seen tons of spongebob memes my favorite being the uh him standing up mid stand up i'm a head out i'm out yeah i'm a head out
1: (laughs) uh does any any meme come to your mind or is that i mean the chicken one is the chicken one the one where like from the it's I forget exactly what the episode is, but he gets hypnotized and he's standing in the cra- in the crusty crab and he thinks he's a chicken, but that's what you, like if somebody says something. Oh, oh yeah. yeah,
0: I'm looking at if it If you're
1: now. like, I'm, I'm
0: a big dummy, <laughs> look at me. <laughs> Man, Spongebob is so, that show, great animation because just a single cell. Yeah. Like, that's why it's so memetic. It's like, that is hilarious what I am looking at right now and fans yeah. at home. It's, I can't even describe <laughs> it. It's really, yeah, him doing some sort of awkward chicken position but spongebob also is sort of superhuman in his ability to like alter his body
1: just to like transform into whatever you need yeah what
0: i'm seeing here is definitely not based on any real creature but as we were (laughs) saying fan theories greg you came to the show uh with some in your back pocket so i mean let's just break down as many as we can in the Time allotted to us.
1: Yeah, I'll try not to make this too clinical. And, you know, you're obviously, listeners at home, free to jump down these rabbit holes at any time. Yes, yes. (laughs) Um, But one of the ones that I thought was really interesting, there's actually two of them that I think are really fascinating, is one being that uh, Bikini Bottom is basically the bottom of the ocean, at the Bikini Atoll, where all of the nuclear testing was mm-hmm. going on in the 40s and 50s. And they are, like, the residents of Bikini Bottom are basically anthropomorphized sea life because of mm-hmm. the radiation over where they live.
0: Yeah, they're just mutants. Yeah. In essence.
1: They're, they've they basically, like, kind of had that forced evolution of, like... Yes. Including the radiation because, like, there's a lot of shows, you know, episodes that you watch... And there are just regular ass fish still yeah. in the ocean this that is true. don't talk or have human features. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. So I always thought, like, that was interesting.
0: Yeah. I just love, like, they're straight up mutants. Yeah. Which definitely explains, too, maybe even some of the surreal aspects of it, where right. it's almost like we're, as the viewer, kind of being, like, poisoned.
1: Yeah. By this world as well. Like, so there's some points where you're like, what's happening? Oh yeah. I mean <laughs> this show
0: one of the first shows I ever knew to include real, like still images of real, like a real person. Yeah. Or a real fish. Or like blending are- the live action and animation was very kind of unnerving yeah. in a fun way. As and a
1: kind of not the ordinary at that time. Like ninety no. nine, like you know, uh, one of the early episodes is when Spongebob gets the suds. And when he gets delivered into the uh, the doctor's office, there's the very real hand that just, like, grabs oh, him. Oh, yeah, <laughs> yeah. You're like, what is this? Yeah,
0: because it's, like, old cartoons. I think of Ren and Stimpy, yeah. also in the Nicktoon lineup, would do... The closest they would get is these, the, you know, in that show, the gross-up close-up. The single-frame, like, Single-frame, yeah. very painted, a lot very more... disgusting. Disgusting, <laughs> but that was kind of... The closest they'd get. Yeah. But then SpongeBob really did, like, I was such a fan of this at the time, and then looking back uh, now, it's, you do start to pick apart the, see these things that you're like, wait, I think this might have been the first time a show did this, or this kind of became the trope because of this show. It really did push the boundary more than, like, you realized at the time, because it just felt...
1: Right. Yeah. You're just like, I'm a kid and I'm entertained. Yeah. Like, you're not really thinking of like the mechanics of like, you know, oh, I don't see this in other things. Yeah. So just like, uh, this is fun. Yeah. Know. Totally. But yeah, this, uh, this Bikini and Toll theory is really fucking like probably the most like in pocket one where you're not like, yes. ah, I don't fucking buy this. That's
0: true. Yeah. Cause great one to start with. Cause fan theories quickly go from like, yeah, that very well could have been. Something the animators considered while they were making this, and then like just five more no. theories later, you're like, oh, no, no, what?" But those are those are the uh, that's the juice, yeah, for this show. So you know, let's start creeping a little closer to those sure.
1: Ones. Uh, just a little bit of um, kind of evidence uh, yes. in 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 show uh, season ten, episode ten, uh, a short called Feral Friends. Uh, so basically Neptune's moon shows up and turns all of like the advanced bikini bottom. Oh, Uh yeah, I know. I, this was actually new to me because, you know, I'm like later season. Yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm not as well versed in that. Yeah, story. worth
0: noting that Neptune is a character yeah. in the show. Like he is basically the Greek God or the Roman God of, I believe, Poseidon. Yeah. Greek. Not, and then Neptune is the Romanization. I'm actually, not very I'm good. confused. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's my job here, I guess. He's yeah. the guy that pukes up the hamburger
1: and eats it again. But yeah,
0: basically, he's <laughs> he is a character in the show.
1: Yeah. And so you're saying he has a moon? Yeah. So there's something called Neptune's moon, and it appears every hundred years. Okay. And when it appears in the sky of Bikini Bottom, it turns everybody we know and love and speaks English into just a regular ass
0: fish <gasps> oh, or sponge okay. or
1: whale, like. It's really strange, Um, you know, and they basically devolve, uh, you know, into, you know, what you would see in other parts of the ocean that aren't radiated. Yes, yeah. Um, An interesting, like, kind of branched off theory of this is Neptune's moon is actually, like, human intervention of, like humans know this is going on and they're like, let's try this out and okay. see what happens. <laughs> We're in it, like, what? You said
0: Neptune's moon. Do you mean the planet Neptune's moon is in the sky or does the character Neptune like... I
1: don't think that's fully explained. Okay. Because it's just like this green moon Got thing. you. And they're like,
0: that's Neptune's moon. Yeah.
1: Okay. Yeah. So, I mean, it could come from anywhere really. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I, I thought that was really strange. Uh, something else that's kind of weird about, like, them switching back and forth is, uh I believe this is another special. It's called Spongebob's Big Birthday Blowout. They actually, like, Spongebob and Patrick get in this, like, almost like a Popemobile thing. Mm-hmm. And it drives up onto dry land. And they just kind of, like, do this tour. Yes, I remember this one. And they go to, like, like a, you know like an Elmer's aquarium type mm-hmm. store, and they just see like regular ass fish, and they're like, "Oh, neat!" <laughs> like- and aren't they like on popsick?
0: Basically on wooden sticks, and it's like a a starfish, and uh, that's, a sponge.
1: That's a different episode. Okay. I think that's the one. Uh, I can't remember exactly what the plot of that one is, but they go on dry land and they're on the popsicle sticks and yes. they get attacked by seagulls and Sandy yes, has to like yes.
0: kick the shit out of the seagulls. The one you're talking about, they're showing up in cartoon form. Yeah, it's just like, real. Yeah,
1: cartoons, like almost like the first movie where it's like cartoons just laid over the real okay, world. Okay,
0: got you, gotcha, you, uh, gotcha. Yeah,
1: yeah. So they're obviously like, they know that just like regular ass fish exists It's wild how
0: much they embrace that. yeah show
1: went on because in the beginning it was just a hand here right
0: still photo there (laughs) not yeah not a whole lot of yeah worked out yeah that's (laughs) why i love a show a long-running show especially an animated show right you get the they just pull
1: out all the stops yeah
0: like let's do every idea we've ever thought of
1: and sometimes it pays off like on spongebob and sometimes it doesn't pay off like the simpsons
0: yes absolutely (laughs) as much as i love the simpsons yeah you can only
1: do 30 seasons or whatever. they've gone a little astray yeah um yeah, the, the Neptune's moon thing, I think, is interesting, though, because, like, there is a chance... I don't know if this would be, like, something that they kind of develop, like, an idea they developed in their world. But basically, Neptune, because of, uh, you know, his kind of, you know, <laughs> God status, yes. basically, in this universe, uh, he can just change sea life into other shapes. And we see that all the time. We saw okay. it in the movie. Um you know, uh, so interesting because his I learned his character model
0: changed throughout the series at least well. three times. Yeah,
1: yeah. So. there's like the the first one during the, the like the cook off. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's the movie one, and then again yeah, there's like there was like a hot one uh, later yeah, down yeah. the line where I was like, what the hell is he? Yeah, mate. So perhaps economically
0: yeah, he's like altering his own.
1: Yeah, so like I mean, it could be him. That could just be like they're explaining away of it because mm-hmm. they're like, "Oh, let's put this in terms that we understand." Yeah, yeah. But yeah, it's <laughs> that one's interesting. Mm-hmm. Um, the other one that I found really interesting was the war. Okay. So this is briefly mentioned in the Krabby in the Krusty Krab instructional video. Okay, episode, yeah, yeah, where they do like the bio on Mister Krabs. Mm-hmm. And it says after the war, he sank into a deep depression and then decided to buy an old folks home and turn into a restaurant. (laughs) But you're like, oh, okay. after the war, that's just like a joke. Yeah. But (laughs) it might be more than that. So he served in the Navy. And uh, as you can see in the episode where SpongeBob and Patrick have to like paint his den. Yeah. Has a lot of Navy shit. Yeah. Including two photographs on the wall. One of which is him in a boat next to a whale. The one next to it is the whale jumping into the water. Crabs and boat are just sailing through the air. And on the other side of the wall, there's a harpoon.
0: Oh, okay. So
1: the theory on this is the, you know, uh, radiation evolved animals... There was some sort of, like, war between them and, like, kind of the, you know, regular sea life. And, obviously, they came out on top because Whoa. they... You know So, Bikini Bottom's was, like, theirs. The theory on this is the whale in those pictures on his wall, Pearl's mother.
0: Oh, my God, yes, because in the show, Mr. Krebs has a daughter... Who is a like a sperm whale yeah. basically, just standard, and he's a crab, so it is kind of like a head scratcher. Yeah,
1: well, like where did this come yeah.
0: from? Yeah, and I did see a theory that that people, some people think that Mr. Krabs is just her sugar daddy, and that's why she calls him daddy every time she sees her. And I was like, whoa, okay, oh, no, uh, yeah, but I like the war theory. It's a little more on brand for the for fake ritual here, but yeah. holy shit! So so did he.
1: He crossed enemy lines. Now, this actually branches off into multiple theories. Oh, here we go. Yeah. So one,
0: let's get the string up on the wall. Like the (laughs) just Charlie
1: from "It's Always Sunny" meme. So one is they hooked up. Pearl was born. The mom dies at some point. Obviously, they're not really going to get into
0: that as a plot point.
1: Two, uh, she was born crabs kills the mom during the war and takes her in
0: okay okay
1: the third is that she had both whale parents both died mm. during the war and he adopted her
0: that one seems a little more i would want that one cuz it seems less sinister
1: more uh, yeah. like
0: hey you know like i'm trying to make the best of we had to be in this war you know, it wouldn't be like the Joker wins.
1: adopting Bruce Wayne. <laughs> yeah,
0: exactly. It's a little more like, and I mean, despite Mister Krabs' like greed, like you, you want to like him.
1: Yeah, yeah. He's, I mean, he's kind of a dick, but yeah, yeah, likable at some points. But this branches off into okay. no, another theory, <laughs> and this is where I start sounding like a. Chris okay. Person. Yes. Yes. So, if Krabs kills some relative of Pearl's during the war. Despite the fact that it is said by people that make the show that the Krabby Patty is a completely vegetarian patty. Some people don't totally buy that. I've heard this. Some people believe that whatever parent or parents of Pearl's that was felled by Mr. Krabs... Goes into the Krabby Patty because we never see any sort of delivery, picking up of supplies oh, to make yeah. the food. Yes, yes. <laughs> so, and... No yeah. Cisco truck. Yeah, no. To, yeah. Uh, so, yeah, it's... it's and, and we never... Like, we see the cooler, but we don't go in the cooler. <laughs> yeah. There's that one random vault that's just full of already made Krabby Patties that oh, yeah ends up locked yeah. in at one point. But, yeah, uh, there's a chance that, uh, you know, this is kind of a Soylent Green situation where, uh, you know, the the citizens of Bikini Bottom are being fed sea life and they don't know it.
0: Krabby Patty is... Fish. (laughs) Baleen, yes.
1: Yes, and the cannibalism thing is... Yeah,
0: well, I mean, this is... Yeah, there are many horrors to be found in Bikini Bottom. Well, yes, and these fan theories, they do also start to get, like, a little more horrific. I mean, you're talking about, mm-hmm. like, yeah, people being fed, like, other marine life, like cannibalism to a degree. So before we get into my little uh, a segment I've called The Horrors of Bikini Bottom, let's prime the listeners with some horrors and, you know, delve into, I suppose, yeah, a little more of this cannibalism.
1: Yeah, uh, I mean, you know, that's... Probably one of the things that I think would freak me out the most is just like being fed people. Yeah, because you're knowing.
0: Yeah, as a you're you host a horror movie podcast. I mean, and this is oh yeah, is this the segment that I planned? Uh, (laughs) (laughs) Has there been any? Is there a movie that you have either covered on the show or that just comes to mind that sort of reflects? you know, this
1: sort of beyond went green. Um, the one that literally just came to me while you were getting out that question is blood diner.
0: Oh, blood diner. Yes. Yes. yes I've seen blood diner. Yeah. Yes. Which,
1: uh, we did an episode on that about like three years ago. It was, uh, the You're first right. time the Queens of NC 17 were on our show. Hell yeah. And, yes. uh, yeah, it's like this, uh, weird, like kind of late eighties, uh, Jackie Kong directed. Um, it, it's like goofy, but there's still parts that are, like, kind of freaky about, like, a diner that, uh, if I'm remembering correctly, I actually haven't watched it since then.
0: Well, I know they're they're sort of collecting blood for some sort of god or goddess or, yeah. like, person. For Sheetar. They're, yeah, that they're, yeah. they're, like,
1: trying to bring back. Uh, but then, yeah, obviously that's kind of mingling in with the food that they're serving just to people off the street, which yeah. you're like, ugh. Yeah, this, well,
0: yeah, this as if I wasn't like already kind of giving it away. But yeah, I, I prepared a little segment here called The Horrors of Bikini Bottom. And similarly, I would like to give you some of the characters, maybe not, you know, something as broad as cannibalism, but we can narrow it into some of the characters that have been featured in the show, trying to keep it fake ritual. So, you know, a little more supernatural, paranormal, occult-y. Uh, and then we'll see, you know, sort of what uh, horror movies come to mind. And, you know, just kind of like free associate here. Uh-huh. I got seven here listed, but we'll just get through as many as we can. Uh, and we're going to start with the ones that I know best and probably the one that most people know best, which is the Flying Dutchman. Oh, yeah. Uh, and then I have, let me pull up the fandom here in order to just uh, kind of describe this character to yeah. people. I also have some images here we can take a peek at. But yes. Uh,
1: voiced by the fantastic Brian Doyle Murray. Brian Doyle Murray, brother to
0: Bill Murray. Uh, the Flying Dutchman, recurring character, SpongeBob SquarePants, first mentioned in the episode Squidward the Unfriendly Ghost, but then physically appears in the episode Scaredy Pants. And I love fandoms. Like they do my work for me here because they just, <laughs> just they always have for characters a description of them. Uh, the Flying Dutchman is a ghost who has a green glow about him. Yellow eyes with black irises, a scraggly beard, a pirate hat with a chunk taken out, a handbag marked soles, a droopy nose, a coat, little pigtails, and a ghostly tail. And he speaks with—I didn't know this—is what it was called—a West Country pirate accent.
1: Oh, that is what the pirate accent is, kind of thing.
0: Yeah, and uh, I think his first, yeah, he is generally just kind of like he likes to haunt. He's pretty evil. Mm -hmm. Uh, Sometimes, kind of psychopompic, like, you know, ushering people to nether realms. Oh, sure. But, so, I guess I would pause it to you, uh, trying to think, you know, I mean, from what you know of him, because you're also a fan, like the Flying Dutchman, we got haunted ghost demon pirate, who's green. I mean, what? Neon brainiacs. I mean, if you have an episode, by all means, send people that way, but also just...
1: I I do get some uh, I get a little bit of a Freddy Krueger vibe. Oh, the Flying yes. Dutchman, yes. physically Slimer, obviously slime. Okay,
0: <laughs> this is uh,
1: yeah. The the Freddy Krueger thing I think is interesting because there are separate times where he takes residents of Bikini Bottom out of their element. Mm. and either you know puts them to work I think scaredy pants is the that's actually probably one of my favorite episodes and I'm thinking about it I believe that's the the second one there where no, he, that, this is actually Shanghai oh okay. whenever
0: Shanghai scaredy pants is where Spongebob dresses as the ghost oh silly okay. little ghost yeah, and yeah, yeah that's where the Dutchman shows up to be like you ain't scary enough like
1: okay so Shanghai yes that is probably one of my favorite episodes yes with going back to your original question earlier in the episode uh just quotes that I say all the time. You're, you're good, good. You're good. good. You're Don't you're worry, Captain. We'll buff yeah. out those scratches. <laughs> yeah, <we'll bump> right <laughs> out. yeah, they
0: basically—I uh, forget how—happen upon the. They an anchor drops into SpongeBob's house. They climb up it. They're on the ghost ship. Yeah, and then they try. They learn that they can't escape. There is, like you're saying, with Freddy Krueger, this kind of dream logic. They jump off the side. They land back on top. Bingo. And I think even. I forget. The Fly of Despair, I believe it's called. The talk about Freddy Krueger-type powers. Flying desperate is able to unzip a hole in reality that's oh, just filled with like cosmic horrors, and yeah. he throws Squidward in because I think he's just <laughs> tired of Squidward being Squidward. Hey, aren't we all? But, Word, and uh, let it be known, you recently uh, did an episode on New Nightmare. Yes. The, the late 90s, kind of like Wes Anderson, or... Wes Anderson, Wes Craven, return to form yeah. uh, of Freddy Krueger, uh, which actually perfectly transitions to the next character I have nice. because I believe in New Nightmare they talk about Freddy Krueger being what is referred to as a tulpa, a or at least that's the idea. This imaginary being that is somehow brought into physical reality
1: yeah. by way of you know some sort of and the only way to fight it is to tell the story basically. Yes, yeah.
0: Uh, we are talking Doodle Bob. Oh, Doodle Bob. Yes! Uh, let's bring a picture of him up. Doodle Bob, love Doodle Bob. For those mi-noi. who know, minoy. <laughs> yeah, I've been saying it to everyone that I bring up Spongebob to, and it is talk about a test of like if you know, you know. Yeah. If you don't know what minoy is, then I'm sorry for you. But yes, uh, main antagonist of the episodes Frank and Doodle and Doodle Dimension. Uh, He is a crudely drawn caricature of Spongebob that comes to life. He lacks many of Spongebob's specific details, such as Spongebob's belt, his socks, his shoes. Collar of any kind. Yeah, <laughs> his holes that are replaced by just specks uh, and the squiggly outline. But yeah, basically a magic pencil falls from an artist that's for some reason in the middle of the ocean. Who I think might be Mr.
1: Lawrence in real life. Yeah, I believe it is, yeah. yeah.
0: Who does Plankton's voice. Uh, the pencil drops down. It is a somehow a magic pencil.
1: Radiation. Again, radiation is maybe a radiator
0: going down. Uh, and then they're able to draw creatures, draw things, and then they come to life. Mm-hmm. I believe they do like a little jellyfish. They do a little squidward creature that grosses them out. So they then learn that you can also erase it. Uh, and, the bowling ball that uh, takes Patrick oh, out yes. also drawn. incredible scene that just look up, yeah, bowling pins and... Patrick, I laugh every time when he, his head turns into a bowling pin. But yeah, basically then Doodlebob kind of like realizes that they're trying to get rid of him by erasing him. And it's just kind of like this back and forth. A
1: little power um, struggle.
0: A little power struggle. And yeah, very well done. He definitely, he speaks in gibberish, but there are certain scenes where you, you might not understand what he's saying, but you know what he's, he draws a hole for them to fall in. Yeah. He's kind of like talking <laughs> to them like gibbering to them but you can tell he's kind of saying like you're going to stay down there forever and like, probably die. It puts die. the lotion on the skin. Yeah, yeah. exactly. <laughs> uh, but I mean we're already yeah so many movie references here but I guess yeah as far as yeah we talk new nightmare but this idea of something you create uh, especially just like from drawing or writing kind of coming to life. I mean any what besides Frankenstein honestly yeah, any especially 80s. Uh what?
1: little Lil Duke vibe. Babadook? Oh. Yeah, I could see nice. that. Yes. Um, yeah, uh, basically anything where, you know, something is created, goes awry, and you're like, oh fuck. <laughs> what am I gonna do? Yeah.
0: Yeah, the Duke if oh, I there has to be like an edit of him saying Mihoy, Manoy. Oh, if there's not, <laughs> somebody get on it. Please. Or them hanging <laughs> out. <laughs> doodle bob oh my god yeah i'm trying to think isn't there i feel like what am i thinking of like somebody drawing a comic is it cellar dweller oh cellar my god. dweller yes a woman draws a monster uh and it yeah in so a comic in, form in the
1: cold open to... jeffrey combs who is not in the movie for more than 10 minutes. Oh, love. And it's the first 10 minutes.
0: Yeah, if people don't know, Jeffrey Combs, Reanimator. Yeah. Uh, he's in... Castle you know, Freak. The Frighteners. Oh, Great yeah. Great turn in The Frighteners. Uh, You'd know
1: him to see him. He's one of those like,
0: oh, it's that guy.
1: He's the umbrella salesman in uh, Seinfeld. Yes. That worked with yeah. Jerry. Um, yeah. So he is in the basement of this house working on this thing. Some fire erupts. That somehow kills him, but then also brings his like, you know, like Magic the Gathering ass illustrations uh-huh. to life, and then you know, not the author, or the illustrator himself being terrorized, but then the you know later inhabitants of the same house are terrorized in a very similar way. Uh, yes, and has Neon Brainiacs covered? So yeah, that what? was oh my god, that was probably like episode ten. I feel like yeah, I mean <laughs> yes, that.
0: You did a new nightmare. I'm just trying to like track, make, make yeah. sure we keep track of like, yes, yeah, send them. Go listen to that. Neombranics that. Neombranics. Like you guys need fans from my itty bitty little show. I'll take but literally
1: anybody that wants to listen. To I my dumb-ass know talk the podcaster's right prerogative. Yep. But like please, please it's for love of
0: God, please just listen, <laughs> listen to the whole episode too. If it, people that make it to the end of my episodes, I love you guys. Yeah. Because for some reason, when I look at the analytics, sometimes it's like this people listen to ten minutes, and I'm like.
1: There's so much
0: more. Come on! It does it Once we get rolling, yeah. Like right now. See how funny this is, guys. This is when we're we're doing good here. (laughs) But all right, yeah. I got. uh, I mean, I got a bunch more here. But yeah, we're just winding down the clock. But the third of my kind of like I picked three that I know well is the hash slinging slasher from the graveyard shift episode. Uh, Bit of a urban legend, Mm -hmm. kind of like. Perfect for for a fake ritual, because it's kind of like, a is it real? Is it fake? Yeah. Uh, The Hashlinging Slasher, main character, in a ghost story told by Squidward uh, in the Graveyard Shift episode where Mr. Krabs realizes he's losing money, not having a night shift, so he puts him on the night shift, and Squidward, just because he hates SpongeBob, tells him a made-up, absolutely made-up, pulled (laughs) out of his ass, in the moment, story about the Hashlinging Slasher. Or is it? I believe... He has a rusty spatula for a left hand and has Mm -hmm. glowing red eyes and a black hunchbacked body. And I believe he he got hit by a bus and like returns every, you know, whatever day this is in the episode in the bus that ran him over. And like, it's so ridiculous. Uh, But yeah, he's basically an... Yeah, the Hashling... Let's see here. According to Squidward's story, the Hashlinging Slasher was a former fry cook who worked at the Krusty Krusty Krab before SpongeBob and was clumsier than SpongeBob. And one night, the Slasher accidentally severed one of his hands by mistake while cutting cutting Krabby Patty meat. Mm. He replaced his hand with a rusty spatula. Later, when he was going home, he was fatally run over by a bus and fired at his funeral. (laughs) Out of vengeance, his ghost returns to the restaurant every Tuesday night via the bus that killed him. And... Gets unsuspecting victims. That's the funny part. kids. Yeah. He's like, and he gets ya And then SpongeBob yeah. proceeds to scream Freak the out. same scream over and over again. Uh, also just got to point out, especially too, I'm, I hope a lot of SpongeBob fans are listening. Favorite part in that episode is just where he's telling a story. And up to this point, we've learned that, you know, SpongeBob can detach parts of himself. So just, he's like biting his fingernails at first. And then he's like eating in his hand. hand and they keep going in. <laughs> and then he's like, has a popcorn box <laughs> where he's, like, right. eating his hands. <laughs> Just, like, that sort of... Because, again, talk about the marine biology. that They, they can do that. Yeah. They can, like... You if know. he so wishes. <laughs> yeah, but the absurdity of it. Uh, but, yeah, uh, horror movie, I guess, featuring sort of... Especially every... Tons of horror movies feature, like, a serial killer coming back. Right. But... I don't know, just that particular one where it's locked in from the beginning that he is an undead urban legend, so to speak. I mean, I guess we've done Freddy Krueger. These are all kind of like circling on each other. But yeah, Yeah. what else do we got that could...
1: (laughs) I mean, just, you know, character, like, presentation-wise, looks very similar to the ghosts in The Fog. In the
0: fog. Very just oh, black right. silhouette,
1: red glowing eyes. Talk about we could have used that for Flying Dutchman. Pirate ghosts. Yeah. It's pirate ghost uh, Comes out of the bus exhaust, oh. which looks like fog. Fog-y. Totally.
0: Totally. <laughs> Uh, what did I think of that. Yes. Uh, See, also, that's why we have yeah. we got a pro on
1: here. Pro also, on we can't mind. can't talk about this episode without shouting out Nosferatu, who actually appears at the end of the episode. Oh yeah, Nosferatu is SpongeBob canon. That's so insane yes, to me. I do love
0: that. <laughs> it's just like a augmented still from the just original. And the lights. Yeah, because they realize that every all the things that Squidward said would happen, like, did happen, but there's an explanation. The yeah. hash slashers
1: He's just, just some nerd that that is like, I want to work here. Yeah,
0: I brought my own spatula.
1: <laughs> but yeah, then
0: they're like, what happened with the lights? Yeah. Oh, no, Sferatu. <laughs> That's just it. But I mean, yeah, I have a few more here, but I feel like that really just, like, we're both fans of, I mean, just to go over them real quick, there's Puffy Fluffy, which is, uh, a creature that SpongeBob gets for his his pet snail Gary to have as a companion. It looks like a cute little puffer fish, but it's actually a giant reptilioid uh, creature oh, that I'm showing. It's like okay. looks like an angler fish with like very Lovecraftian you know, looking Lovecraftian. <laughs> it's got multiple tongues, sort of like tremors. Uh, so there's that. Yeah, we don't gotta you know that. I just mentioned a movie that, that makes you think of. Also, the Krabby Patty creatures. Oh, yeah. There's some episode where they, yeah, the townsfolk become like zombie Krabby Patties. Uh, yeah, the kind of, the related movies are pretty obvious. And then I had two more here. I had the Yeti crab, which is basically just like a cryptid yeah. crab. <laughs> uh, and then this one, I guess, is like was in one of the video games. Globulus oh. Maximus. I think he might also be in uh, some other Nickelodeon shows. Yeah, but basically just a like a booger, (laughs) a intergalactic booger that like came from the dawn of time, which is called the big sneeze. Ah. You know, so again, lots of suffice it to say, SpongeBob, lots of horror elements. Oh yeah, and then on top of that, lots of like supernatural uh, horror elements. Something for everybody. Something for everybody. All right, well, now we're just winding down the show. Uh, Yeah, Spongebob, we love it. Uh, Horror, we love it. Uh, But just kind of as a final thought, and this is something I posed to the Instagram followers, uh, Greg... And it, referencing, you know, creepy pasta earlier, all these sort of spooky stories. But uh, could you tell me a two sentence SpongeBob
1: horror story? You know what? I think I can. Uh, full disclosure: don't have one prepared, but you know what? Sweet, yeah, right up here. Yeah, yeah. 30, 36 years of preparation. Hell for this yeah! Shit. Hell yeah! Let's say I can probably yeah.
0: Producer, made up producer that doesn't exist. Put some. <laughs> uh, I just get some music behind this.
1: Alright, so this actually uh, would relate to a fan theory that I didn't get into earlier. Okay. It is well documented that there are seven residents of Bikini Bottom that uh, are very emblematic of a certain how would you call it group of an idea John Doe gets off a bus in Bikini Bottom there's a representation of the seven deadly sins within characters that's way more than three sentences (laughs) (laughs) it's a great setup it's a
0: great like because I did read that theory as well basically yeah that the seven deadly sins are the like at least yeah pretty much the main characters yeah of the show
1: and everybody's least favorite serial killer from seven yes (laughs) yeah it's like
0: oh that would be a great that would be a great to like do seven but in bikini bottom oh yeah dang missed opportunity
1: that could get real dark,
0: though. <laughs> yeah, totally. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but well, I had I had two Instagram followers and two former guests reach out with not to drag you, Greg, but with actual two sentences. No, drag away. Uh, I, I wish I it's was really difficult. What did <laughs> I came up? Uh, I pulled one out of my ass yesterday. Uh, I woke up to find Gary. At the, bo- at the foot of my bed, I don't remember his teeth being that sharp. Oh, In a similar strange. vein, uh, we have Jillian Fleckenstein, former guest. Uh, out of Krabby Patties, must eat brains. Mm. And then Johnny Arlett, who's yeah, been on the show a couple times. This is kind of a reference to one of the episodes as well. Spongebob grabbed onto the hook. Spongebob ascended to the surface and never returned. Ooh, Probably, yeah. A dried up sponge being sold in a gift shop. <laughs> but, Greg, thank you for being on the show. Thank you for bringing your horror expertise and into Bikini Bottom.
1: This was just, when you, when you extended the invitation and this was it, I was like, oh man flex time baby Let's for real go. <laughs> for real and
0: these are my favorite episodes to do as well where it's a it's something that's not you don't occult and you know those sort of ideas doesn't come to mind initially yeah. it's not x-files it's not these other things that are just so obviously occult driven uh but it's definitely fun to dig in oh yeah. find like the strange the odd the occult and it was there
1: all the shit that our parents thought it was. Yes, exactly.
0: And that's what Fake Ritual was here to represent. It grew up super Christian. You know, they always warned us against pop culture being a tool of the devil, and I'm here to prove them correct. At <laughs> it least like, you're right. Astray. But it's cool. Yeah, but it's cool. Yeah, exactly. The devil's real, but he's our friend. He's dead. Yeah. Uh but all right, yeah. Uh how can the fakers follow you? And you know, is there anything you want to promote? This is gonna be coming out Wednesday. Okay. So I don't know like what's gonna be Happening over at Neon Brainiacs
1: by then. Uh, So, if you're listening to this, uh, the day it's dropping, we also just dropped a new episode. Week 2 of 90s month is returning, and we're talking about Popcorn. Oh, Oh, I've still never seen
0: Popcorn. I know the cover. I know the cover. do
1: yourself a favor. Okay, so fun. Uh, Early 90s, kind of very self-referential, but not meta. Yeah. Uh, It's got Jill Sholin from The Stepfather, Cutting Class, uh, Babes in Toyland uh d wallace shows up mm, it's love d. Wallace, so fun um but yeah uh you can pretty much find our podcast anywhere whatever you're listening to fake ritual on right now yes you can search us in there uh we're on facebook instagram twitter at neon brainiacs uh we also have patreon.com slash neon brainiacs if you like our show and want to support it that way uh it's kind of a new thing we do like bonus episodes and you know we're working on doing like monthly live streams and our discord and there's like exclusive merch and everything like that uh so yeah that's pretty much uh all of neon brainiacs land
0: yeah and i can i gotta give you props because the now what i'm trying to incorporate the asking a question of the social media followers to then include on the episode i kind of took From you guys, because you guys also have a sort of, you know, like, fan check-in. Yeah. After these questions, we'll read them off and, like, use it as a topic.
1: It's it's definitely, uh, it it keeps everything fun, so please. Yeah. Yeah. Anything we do, fair game, fair use. Everybody do it.
0: And also worth (laughs) noting that uh, Neon Brainiacs, similar to sister podcast, Queens of Mm NC-17, if you have seen the movie... The episodes are great. And if you haven't seen the movie, the episodes are great. In yeah. some movies, it's probably like, don't watch this. Yeah. Just listen to our <laughs> episode. It's garbage. <laughs> uh, but awesome. Uh, well, you can follow us on Instagram at Fake Ritual. You know, check in on there. We're going to be posting some more questions for coming up episodes. And then please rate, review, and subscribe on the thing that you're listening to this right now. Uh... It always helps, but you know, thanks again, Greg, for being on the show.
1: Thank you for having me. This is great.
0: And would you join me in telling the fakers to once again go fake themselves? Oh, <laughs> absolutely. We'll count it down here: three, two, one, go. go fake, fake yourselves. yourselves.